Hi guys and welcome to another amazing episode of my name is Delisa and I'm ready to tell my story. So I got a bunch of great feedback for episode one and that was just like a little piece of what is to come but um just the feedback that I got just makes me want to keep going not that I was ever in a position where I wanted to start and then stop because I have so much stuff stored inside of me that I just want to give to the world to heal other people but just the positive feedback that I received off of my first little 30 minute episode just made my heart just like jump and just want to keep going so here we are I'm ready to start we're about to dive into a real episode of the stories the healing the progress the love just the everything so I hope all of y'all that are hearing this had a great week I pray that your week to go forward is prosperous and blessed and that you take God into that week into your workplace into your situations just into everything because I have given my life fully to God over the last year and a half year and a half and the things that he has done for me and my family has just been amazing like amazing like you couldn't even tell me or like what I've been through you wouldn't be able to look at me and be like oh you went through all that and you're still smiling you're still yes I am and you know why because of Jesus <laughs> so y'all get some Jesus in y'all life so we're gonna get into this I tried to pinpoint like an episode name and everything like that and I was gonna speak on validation but I feel like this episode is gonna go different places so y'all just buckle up sit back get into a place where you're just calm still and ready to receive what I have to say I might be all over the place but hey this is a podcast of just outburst <laughs> so that's why I'm not giving any of my episodes like real name like this is only about validation and this is only about um physical abuse and this is it's just whatever you receive because it's gonna be a lot of things going on in the episode but we're gonna bring it all back together and tie it into one thing so this um episode may be a trigger for some um it may not be a trigger for some and it might be helping somebody who's currently going through this um I am a mother like I did say on the first episode of three children um I never saw myself being a mother because growing up I said I didn't want to have kids because I couldn't stand kids and how does it go the things that you don't want and you say that you don't want that's what God gives you and look he gave me three beautiful children that I couldn't see my life without but even growing up I always said that if I was to have children, that I would never put them through the things or treat them the way that I was treated as a child. And as a sidebar, you can set the bar high of this is what I'm not going to do for my child and this is what I'm not going to do to my child. But until you're into that position of having a child, all the things that you say that you would never do it's just crazy because I had a list of nevers and I feel like I've marked off majority of them of things that I, I was never gonna do when I had a child and it breaks my heart because the older that my kids get and the more voice that my children get it just takes me back to when I was a child because my children are just like me um Elijah is my smart mouth feisty child Raylan is 
my quiet to herself holds everything in child and Josiah he's coming into himself but I feel like he's gonna be my bipolar child and all three of those characteristics is me so with that going on it just lets me see myself in my children so all the things that I said that I was never going to do I have done like I never I said I was never going to call my children out of their name and as sad as it is I've called my children out of their name I haven't affirmed my children I told myself um just a just a lot of different things and um as I've sat back and I've started healing and pinpointing the different things I can see how the way that I was raised the generational curse is carrying on to my children and I have finally sat back and just talked to God and just made a vow that I do not want this generational curse to go on anymore I want it to stop with me I want my children to feel comfortable to come to me and tell me anything that's on their mind and not worry about their negativity or their spirits being shot down or being told that they can't do that or anything like that as a child just to give a little background anytime that i had a weird quirky idea i would take it to my mother and if she wasn't for it she would just let me know that's stupid that's dumb that would never work which when she said that her being my everything in that moment when she didn't agree with the things that i liked it made me shut down and i didn't want to do it anymore um so within that i started taking every situation to her and trying to seek her approval on everything that i did and that carried on from my childhood all the way up to when she passed i feel like i was still trying to make her happy and just get her okay on everything and that is called validation um I have now learned that the only person that you should be seeking validation from is God. <laughs> but as a child, I wasn't just seeking validation from God. I wasn't even taking anything to God. I wasn't even remembering what God said I was or who I was. I was taking everything to my mother. And she became my validation. It gotten so bad that once I got a job, any job, after I would go on the interview, I would be like, Mama, I just went on this interview. I felt really good about the interview, but this is what they're wanting. I will work these hours, da-da-da-da-da, this is how much they're paying me, these are my off days. And it was so bad, y'all. If she said, no, don't take the job, I wouldn't take the job. Because she was my validation person. I literally went to her about every single thing, whatever. And I'm like embarrassed to say this but whatever basically she told me to do that's what I did like when it was time I was with Raylan's dad and I had no intention on marrying him at that moment because we had only been together like six months but she was like you don't want to wake up one day and you pass away or something happened to you and you're shacked up with a man that scared me y'all it scared me because it's like okay I'm gonna die and she was like and you're gonna die and you're gonna go to hell and everything that you just did was for nothing because you weren't married so it scared me so because she was saying that I got married and then she also took it a step farther and told me that if I didn't marry him that she wasn't going to help me like 
financially like anything she was like you're getting ready to have a kid if you need help with anything i'm not going to help you if y'all are not married i'm not going to help y'all if y'all are not married sidebar my mama was a great woman i loved her to death she was my best friend the things that she instilled in me and taught me i know it was because that's what her parents instilled in her and taught her this is not to bash her at all it's just now i'm starting to realize the takeaways and how it's affecting me and my parenting and how it's affecting my children this is not to bash my mother at all i loved my mother to death i just wanted to put that out there it's just some of the practices i'm just trying to break with my children because some of the things that she has taught me has overspilled into my parenting and i have used it on my children like when my children i'm brighten their day they just want to please me want to please me and i already see the validation seekers in them right now and they're only 8 and 11 and i don't want them to grow up and be 20 and be like mama this is what i want to do should i do it i want them to take it to god i want them if they're in a marriage i want them to take it to whoever they're with i want them if they're single to if they want to do it then they choose to do it because it's okay for them to do it because that's what makes them happy i don't want their life to be okay mama said i can't do this so i can't mama said not to do that i just want to give my advice to them and they weigh their options and they choose what is best for them me i did not take that route i took whatever was happening in my life and i took it straight to my mother if tires were 500 dollars and i went to another place and tires were 515 but it was a name brand tire for the 515 and they were better tires and if my mama said go get the 500 tires but i knew the 515 tires was better then i would go get the 500 tires because in my head she knew everything her answer and her way was right and now that I've gotten older and she is no longer on this earth I feel lost because I'm at a moment when she was taken from me I was mad at God because it was like she took the blueprint with her she took who who Vanessa was as a person now what I do she didn't leave me nothing behind. Hey, when you turn 30, you're going to get to the stop time, stop sign, turn right. She didn't leave me none of that. So now I'm out here in the world lost. Now I feel like I don't know who I am. Now I feel like I don't know what to do. Now I feel like I don't know where to turn. And I was mad at God because it was like, God, I haven't gotten to a place yet where I can be out here by myself. And now my mama's not here. And I wasn't prepared for this. And it's crazy because my mama used to always ask me, Vanessa, you need to learn this stuff on your own because I'm not going to be here forever. And I used to laugh. <laughs> yes, you are. You're superwoman. You're going to outlive me. Like, you're going to be here forever. And she used to be like, what are you going to do when I'm gone? I'm going to go with you. Because I just knew that I wasn't going to be able to go through life without my mama. But look at me now. It's been a year since my mama's been passed and I'm still here. But it's been a year of me also still trying to find out who I am, what I like, and what is okay and pleasing for me. I am still trying to find people to take my situations to, to take stuff to. I, I still find validation people like hey this is what i need you for i need you to validate a b and c for me because that's what my mom was and she's no longer here and she validated all the way up like with every child vanessa i think you should get on birth control i didn't want to get on birth control but because my mama told me to get on birth control after having elijah i did it and then 
I made a decision with my husband at the time to get off birth control and have Raylan. And she made me feel so horrible about that. You got off birth control without telling me and you're pregnant now and all he's gonna do is he's gonna leave you just like the last man left you and you're gonna be stuck with two kids and you're not gonna be able to take care of two kids on your own on minimum wage and so it had me thinking so then me and her father split and then I'm thinking like I should give Raylan up to her daddy full time because my mom has spoke over my life you're not gonna be able to take care of two kids by yourself you're not gonna be able to do this she didn't like reassure me she didn't say hey baby it's gonna be okay even if it wasn't gonna be okay she didn't reassure me and say hey you got this you can do this she just gave me the negative side of it you're not gonna be able to do this you're you're a b c and d this is a bad decision and I was even like, Mama, should I just sign the birth certificate and give her straight to her daddy? Yes, you should. Mama, what are you doing? You know, like I had a conversation crying on the phone because I was so confused on what I should do. And it came down to the point of me saying, when I have Braylon, I don't want y'all to show her to me. I just want y'all to give her straight to her daddy. And that's the end. Like, these are real decisions that went through my head. Like, I was really going to give my daughter to her daddy full time because my mama told me that I was not going to be able to take care of her. Now she is eight years old and I have been taking care of her and her brother and I've had a third baby and I've been doing it y'all. It's hard. I cry a lot. I'm tired. I'm stretched to the max but I'm doing it. I am taking care of three children. It feels so good to say that y'all. I am taking care of three beautiful kids by myself yes I have help yes I have a great church family but I'm doing it the things that my mother spoke over my life and told me that I would never be able to do I am doing the things that I said that I would never do or say to my children I'm also doing that too but within me healing I'm able to sit back and stop and say that's where I got that from I don't want to do that. I need to change that. That's where I got that from. I don't want to do that. I, I want to change that. Like when my children's day is over, the first person they want to tell about their day is me. And I always find myself while they're telling me about their day or when they're doing like little witty stuff. I'm like, that's stupid. That's dumb. That's retarded. And I've caught myself here lately and I just asked them about their day and it may be stupid and dumb to me but they're excited to tell me so I've just learned to listen to them allow them to be their self allow them to open up to me allow them just to be free will and free spirited and just tell me about their little even if it's stupid to me their little dumb decisions and stuff like that but I don't want to be that parent no more that's like that's dumb that's you're never going to be able to succeed at that I don't want their growth to stop because of the words that I spoke over them. I don't want to stunt their growth and the things that they want to do because all they hear is my voice. I don't. Like, even when they get older, I don't want them to be like, oh, my gosh, my mama told me a long time ago I was never going to be able to do this, so I'm not able to do this. No, I want them to succeed and just, you know, be glorious in everything that they do. So... I've made a conscious decision to let the generational curse stop with me. I've made that ge just the generational curse stops with me. The validation stops with me. I don't want my kids to come to me for validation. I don't. If you think that it makes you happy, and this is for anybody 
You don't need anybody or anyone besides God to tell you that that is okay. If it makes you happy, do it. If it feeds your spirit, do it. Now, if it's positive, not negative. If God says that it is okay, it is okay. If God says that he allows it, then he allows it. We have to stop seeking direction from other people. Our life should be directed by God and ourself. Like a lot of things I am self-conscious about because people made me self-conscious about it. And I need the validation. Like I need the validation of you're a good mother, but I know I'm a good mother. I need the validation of you are strong, but I know I'm strong because I've been through a lot of situations where strength was the only thing that got me through. Strength in God. But I need somebody to validate that. I need somebody to validate to me that I am beautiful because at times I don't feel beautiful in my skin, but I need somebody to validate that for me. I need somebody to validate you're doing the right thing because I'm not in a place where I could tell myself that yet. And that's not where I, I want for my children. I want for my children and whoever is listening to this podcast to know that you are enough. Whatever your decision is, whatever you're, you're, you're facing, you are enough to make the decision on your own. You don't need anybody around you to validate what you already know, what God has already told you. You don't need it. So another story is outburst. Here we go. Y'all stay with me now. So another thing is I have realized that I have a codependency on men. I have a codependency on men and I always sat back because I never realized I had a codependency on men until this last following year with my um, last son, Josiah's father, when um, I realized I have a codependency on men. My codependency on men comes from when I used to date. Now, as children, as youngsters, when our parents give us the okay to date, of course we date. We all date some of us might get blessed to be married or be with our high school sweetheart but when we were in middle school when we were in elementary we all had loves like oh I'm in love with this person I'm in love with that person I'm in love with that person and they probably didn't last most likely we're not with that person so I remember dating people and I dated this one guy and I thought I was in love with him I thought I was just head over heels in love with him. And me and him didn't last, of course. And I remember when I first got into that relationship, I used to be on the phone with him all the time. And, you know, when we were on the phone back in the day, um, if a beep came in, you had to give the phone to your parents. And Wi-Fi, we didn't have Wi-Fi. We had the dial-up. So every time your mom or parent would want to use um, the computer, you had to get off the phone. And of course, we had notes. We didn't have cell phones. We had to write notes to the people. So I remember um, those times and I would be writing a note and I would give it to him and I was just head over heels in love with him and me and him were a thing and my mama liked him and I just remember oh mama this is who I'm gonna be with forever and she she was right but in that moment <laughs> I wanted her to reassure me like oh okay you know just like she was blunt it's not gonna last y'all aren't gonna be together y'all aren't gonna stay together y'all are in elementary and I'm like yes we are we're gonna be together forever of course we 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 didn't be together so then my next boyfriend 
I got I was a little bit older I think I only had like one boyfriend in like the elementary days but my next boyfriend I remember I was in the ninth grade and me and him dated for a year and once again my mama loved him he came over all the time and I thought we were gonna be together forever and of course we weren't together forever I broke up with him but then I realized that at a year I started breaking up with every guy that I was with. When a year hit and we had been together for a year, I just picked a reason. Oh, today you wore red shoes. I don't like red. Um, I'm breaking up with you. So every time I hit a year, I would break up with him. And I remember um, I've got my first boyfriend that my mama didn't like. I was not head over heels in love with him, but I was getting there. Me and him had been talking. We were past the year mark. But he was like a homebody and we always stayed at home he would always come pick me up and take me to his house and we would just be at his house and if he would come over we would just sit there he never took me out on dates or anything like that that drove my mama insane he just comes and picks you up y'all sit at his house all day he's not good for you and i was like mama it, it, you know stuff like that didn't matter to me and she was like he's not good for you y'all aren't gonna last blah 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 and i was like okay you say that about every guy that i date that we're not gonna last and she was like it's because it's true y'all never last mama knows best i'll be right don't i and i'll be like yeah you're right but still like you speak that over my relationship so i would start hiding stuff from her and i just want to let y'all know that if your child like once they get to a certain age and if all you do is tear down their their happiness they're gonna start hiding stuff from you my child is eight and i know this very well um so don't tear those babies down but um me and him we went on and we kept dating and kept dating we're on and off on and off um and it started to wear on me like hey the more my mama said hey he don't take you out he don't take you out i started mentioning it to him hey my mama don't want us together you don't take me out you don't do nothing we just come to your house and we just do that so then i started lying for the guy he was like okay well tell your mama we're going to a baseball game so that we can go you know stay together and go out so i was like oh okay this point i get excited y'all because i'm really thinking he's taking me to a baseball game and he was like i tell mom hey mama he's coming to pick me up we're going to a baseball game she was like okay he's improving i was like yes ma'am the things that you said he heard and we're going to a baseball game y'all i kid y'all not he stayed behind the baseball field he opened his back door and we sat outside in his backyard and watched the baseball game not did we watch the baseball game we could barely see <laughs> and so i was like oh i thought we were going to a baseball game he was like we are we're at it right now i was like we're in your like backyard watching a baseball game and he was like well we're at the game and i was like oh so the things that my mama said are really true but at this point when it's starting to realize that my mama's right i don't want her to be right so i don't tell her when we get home she's like how was the baseball game i was like oh it was great and i'm just lying and so me and him didn't last of course but then my next boyfriend later down the line he was like a bad guy because at this point i'm trying to prove to my mama that i can date a guy that i'm going to be with forever validation i'm trying to get the validation of her being like oh okay vanessa he's a good guy i love him y'all are going to be together forever so then i date the next guy that i date okay so my mama always told me growing up get you a guy that is like your daddy the only thing that i saw my daddy do was go to work 
come home. I didn't see my mom and my dad's relationship. Like, I didn't see them argue. I didn't see them, you know, like, I just saw them go through the motions, I guess. Like, I didn't see, like, what a relationship should have looked like. I just saw them, like, I guess coexist in each other's world. But I get this next guy. I start talking to him. Um, this is, oh, yeah, I start talking to him. This is after I graduated, and now I'm on my own. After I graduate and I'm on my own, uh, my mama signed me up for Job Corps. I'll tell y'all a story about that, too. But my mama signed me up for Job Corps. I get shipped off to Job Corps. And um, I start talking to this guy. I'm fresh out of school, and I've taken all the lessons and stuff that my mama has told me about guys. I didn't have too many relationships in school, but this was my first real relationship outside of my mama's house, kind of like on my own. I'm in Job Corps. I'm away from her. It's just fresh. So I basically had the whole relationship from her. So me and the guy start talking, and we're like three months into the conversation of talking we made it official we're together now before i left for job corps my mama asked me she was like do you want to get on birth control i was like no i don't need to get on birth control because i'm not about to talk to nobody because you told me all of my relationships are basically doomed so i'm fine so as soon as a guy realized me i was like oh, okay so i started talking to this guy um, I'm talking to him. Like I said, it's three months into the relationship. Me and him are sneaking off doing God knows what and stuff we're not supposed to be doing. And he asked me, he was like, do you want to have a kid? Me not having any structure when it came to guys or anything like that. I was like, sure. And y'all know how the story goes. Okay, we had a kid. <laughs> so Y'all know how it goes with having a kid. So um, he was like, do you want to have a kid? I was like, sure, let's have a kid jokingly not thinking that we're actually about to have a kid because i'm thinking in my head like my mama this relationship isn't about to last so we're three months in i barely even know him um we do you know and so he asked did i want to have the kid i was like sure and then last minute i'm like i don't want to have a kid no more like i'm just playing i don't want to have a kid and so i want to say a month or two goes by and it's time for me to go home and visit my mama and family for Christmas break. I'm still at Job Corps. And I was just tired. I was hungry the whole time. I slept the whole vacation with my mom and them. But I'm not thinking nothing about it. And I go back to Job Corps. Something just tell me, oh my gosh, take a test. The thing that, you know, because I've been, I asked one of my friends that were pregnant in school. I was like, hey, did you feel like this, 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 and this? She was like, yeah, you might want to take a test. So I took a test and I remember sitting in like the doctor's office and the doctor came out and she was like, if you're not pregnant, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to get on birth control because <laughs> mama knows best, right? And so when she comes out, she's like, well, I have some news for you. Need I remind you, before this, before she came out, after she asked me what I wanted to do if I wasn't pregnant, I had been praying. I hadn't prayed so hard in my life, but I was praying that I was not pregnant. One, I was praying I wasn't pregnant because I had only known this guy for five months. B, I was praying I wasn't pregnant because I told my mom I didn't want to get on birth control because I wasn't going to talk to a guy. And I was scared to death as to if what she would do if she found I was pregnant five months out of being out of her house with a guy I barely even know so all these thoughts are going through so I'm just like God if you love me please don't let this test be positive amen 
so then the nurse comes out she's like yeah i got some bad news for you and i got some good news for you i was like okay give me the bad news first she was like the bad news is you're pregnant i was like okay give me the good news she was like you're six weeks pregnant where is the good news at that's that's what i'm waiting on but i was pregnant y'all now i'm trying to maneuver and figure out how i'm going to tell my mama i am pregnant so i kind of avoided my mama's calls for a little bit and um she finally calls and i talked to her and she was like what's wrong with you you've been avoiding me and i just tell her i'm pregnant Okay, she hangs up. Don't talk to me for two weeks. Then when she calls me back, she's like, Vanessa, why would you go up there and get yourself pregnant? I was like, I don't know. He asked. I said yes. Because <laughs> that's really how it went, y'all. So she gives me this whole spill. She's mad at me. She's just over it. And she stops. And she's like, your life is over. And I was like, my life is not over. But y'all, when, when I need to tell y'all, that man with that man was my first abusive relationship somewhere after before i got pregnant he was the sweetest thing ever once he found out i was pregnant i don't know what in him clicked but that was the first time a man has ever hit me like ever hit me from there on out it was just like something clicked to him we were in dorms and they had a girls dorm and they had a boys dorm and he was in the boys dorm next it was like walking distance from my dorm and I remember one night me and him had gotten to an argument because he asked me he was like okay you're pregnant now he was like when this is over are you gonna move in with me or are you gonna go home I was like I plan to go back home like that's where my life is and he was job corps was in arkansas and so he was like no you're gonna live with me and i was like no that's not my plans i'm going back home with my mama and everything like that now that i'm pregnant i'm gonna need my mama's support and her to guide me through this and he was like no that made him mad y'all i am pregnant and so he like grabs me like this was the first time he grabs me and he's like no you're moving in with me and I was like no I'm not I'm not moving in with you like that's because in my head biblically my mama told me that a man and a woman does not stay together unless they're married and so I um didn't want to stay with him this whole story is out of order because the Raylan thing is after Elijah of course this is the birth of Elijah <laughs> but um I didn't want to stay with him so the fact that I didn't want to stay with him that made him really mad and me and him were arguing and going back and forth and I remember him slapping me in my face and so when he slapped me in my face I finally jacked away from him I was so heated I went into my dorm room I didn't want to come out anymore because it was just like you hit me like that was the first time like a man had hit me like and he hit me and I'm pregnant with your child and you're trying to convince me to come stay with you so that just changed the whole course of our relationship because it's just like I know a man is not supposed to hit a woman so after he hit me like two days went by of me not talking to him and he came and he had people like within the two days he had people come and tell me that he was sorry and that he wouldn't do it again and he you know how it goes he doesn't know what overcame him and I accepted his apology because I'm just like okay I'm pregnant with your child at this point I do love you so I thought 
and it's okay you said you wasn't gonna do it again i've never been in an abusive relationship so i did not know the signs i did not know the things like this but i just knew he said he was sorry so he was sorry so move forward and we keep dating and we keep dating and it's just like nothing was ever the same that one hit just let him know okay she i feel now she accepted me back i can continue to do this so it got worse y'all and it got worse and it got worse and i remember it's time for us all to graduate it's time for us all to graduate and we're all going to our destinations he has talked me in to moving in with him so i'm staying in arkansas my mom was like are you sure i was like yeah i'm sure she was like i don't think this is the best choice but hey this is what you want to do at this point you're grown so i stay in arkansas move in with him and his mom i move in with him and his mom she said she was okay with it i don't want to cry but she said that she was okay with it and this is where everything just turned and I lost who I was as a person I moved in with him and I told him that we were going to get our own place we we're going to save up money he was going to work I was going to stay home with the baby I was just like okay I was going to stay home continue out my pregnancy and everything like that when we moved I want to say I was six months pregnant so I got my wick together, I got doctor's appointments together, I got everything in line that I needed to have in line. We got a little car, it ran, he, we got our, uh, like our ending checks and stuff. And everything from there was just horrible. He couldn't get a job. I don't know why he couldn't get a job. I don't know if he was really even trying to get a job, but he couldn't get a job. And so with him not being able to get a job, it kind of made him angry because I guess he had in his head that he was just going to take care of us. He was going to provide for us. He was going to do everything that he was supposed to do for us. Well, he couldn't get a job. So then since he couldn't get a job, he put everything off on me. Well, you need to get a job and you need to do this and you're our only hope. And I was like, I'm not getting a job. I'm six months pregnant. Like who is going to hire me? That's how I was thinking. But we had a plan and me working was not a part of the plan. So then I told him I didn't want to get a job. So he was like, okay, well, we're just not going to have nothing for the baby. So he had an older sister and she helped us and I talked to her and let her know like this is what he's doing this and she was like well I'll help y'all but somebody is going to have to show me that they're willing to help themselves in order for me to do it so I started going on interviews so he would drop me off at the interviews because he had the car he would drop me off on the interviews he would be back late picking me up from the interviews then there was one time where he didn't even show up to pick me up and I had to walk like back to the house six months pregnant I had to walk back to the house I don't know what he was out doing <laughs> to this day I still don't know what he was out doing but I had to walk home I remember that got home of course I'm mad I'm heated I'm like hey I stood out there I waited on you I called you you didn't answer I had to walk all the way back home so he was like okay well you might as well get used to it because if you get that job you're going to be walking to and from i was like i'm not you know we got a car why would i walk to and from to work and so he was like that's what you're going to have to do because i got a job and my job and the hours that you're going to work isn't going to um, match his job was selling drugs that 
that's 24 hours that's not no set schedule so why am i walking back and forth so basically because i was giving him lip he hit me again at this point i'm too far into the relationship to leave like he's been abusing me almost every day every night and i'm just taking it it was one time that we got into an argument and the only thing that I remember him doing while I was pregnant is putting his hands around my throat and choking me literally till I couldn't breathe. He picked me up off the ground and was choking me off of an argument. Like when you hear people say the stories about how it escalated and got worse and worse and worse and they always apologize and say they're going to get counseling. It is real. I've been through it. I've been in it. Every time he would hit me, we would go to our separate corners. Of course, I would cry. I would scream. Why did you do that? He would come back like a day later with gifts. I'm sorry. I would never do that again. I would accept them and go back to him. It got so bad. I didn't get to go to doctor's appointments for my baby. I didn't get to go to WIC appointments. I was basically captive in the household. I let his mother know what was going on, but she was on drugs, so she couldn't even comprehend what was going on. She was in and out, so she was no help. The abuse was horrible. I would just run tubs of water, and I would just sit in the tub, and I would just cry. I would just cry. I didn't have no privacy. He would come in there most of the time if he was home and he would sit on the toilet while I took a shower and just be in the bathroom with me. He gave me no privacy. This was like a real horror story as to why I was in this situation. I do not know. He told me he loved me. He reassured me that he would never do this again. And I stayed. I had never seen an abusive relationship, but I was so set on proving to my mama that somebody loved me, that somebody loved me and that they were a good guy. And a little backstory as to why I stayed with him is because I was in a moment of needing my mama and I told her about what was going on a little bit and I, she told me nobody would ever love you the way that you were supposed to be loved because your own mother didn't love you as her being my adoptive mother that broke me <laughs> like that broke me like that broke me y'all I <laughs> this is not first abusive relationship nor was this the last abusive relationship because <laughs> like I said I was set on showing my mother that I was worthy of being loved like that stuck with me her telling me that nobody would ever love me the right way because my own mother didn't love me so I went out seeking love from guys that hit me kicked me in my stomach punched me in my face choked me till I couldn't breathe but as a mother why would you tell your child that but in this situation the ending for me 
is one day me and him got into a heated argument and our car broke down and when the car broke down we argued back and forth and he needed he called his sister to try to get the car fixed she didn't have the money to get it towed or fixed i had called my mom and asked her if she could help me get it towed and she sent me some money to get the car towed and then we figured out once we got it towed what we needed to get fixed on it and he told me to call my mama back and ask her for more money to get it fixed and i told him i was not calling my mama to ask them for any more money they just got the car towed that was it so when i told him no that made him mad and when we got back home he was mad he was kicking he was screaming he was hollering he was throwing stuff i'm dodging it i'm ducking it need i remind y'all i am still pregnant haven't been going to the doctor haven't you know haven't been doing anything that i need to be doing for the baby to make sure that the baby gets here healthy and just growing healthy so me and him we argue we fight and i remember telling him that i was just sick of it i was done i was leaving i was like i'm getting out of here i'm leaving i'm packing up my stuff i'm leaving you so me and him got to fighting that night and he punched me in my face he slapped me i was trying to get out the room he pulled me away from the door where I couldn't get out the room. And I remember getting out the room and calling 911 and having the cops go out. And he beat me more in front of his mother and she saw it. And his brother came and was like, hey, y'all need to stop this fighting. And he saw me beat up. The cops get there and um, they questioned him. They were like, what's going on? And they was like, we need a witness. I asked both of them to be witness. And they both looked at the cop and was like, we saw nothing. We saw nothing. I needed a witness in that moment to get him locked up. And they said that they saw nothing. 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 I tried to press charges. But there was not enough evidence. Me beat up wasn't enough evidence. Like, y'all need a witness. Like, I'm beat up. Like, I'm bleeding. And y'all need more. So, he stays home. And the brother's like, hey, y'all need to quit all this fighting. She is pregnant at the end of the day. If y'all going to do all that, then y'all need to uh, take it somewhere else. Like, y'all are going to have to move out with all that arguing. And so I remember I, like, cooled off. I just let him do whatever that night. And I remember going in the bathroom. I told him, because he was mad at me, so he wasn't going to sit in the bathroom with me while I um, showered this night. I remember going in the bathroom, running me a tub full of water, and I called my mama. And I was like, Mama, I need you to come get me. I need you and Daddy to drive down here and come get me. Like, I can't do this no more. I don't want to do this no more. And I told her everything. Like, he's been beating me. He's been, his mother's been, I ain't been going to the doctor. I ain't been taking prenatal pills. I don't have access to anything. He won't let me drive to the store. He won't let me go anywhere. If I want to go anywhere, I got to walk. It was just a bad situation. And my mama was like, we will come get you, but if we come get you, you can't take him back. You cannot be with him. And at that point, I was fed up, so I was like, I am okay with that. I won't take him back. You don't have to worry about me taking him back. But I had to talk fast because then I heard a knock at the door, and it's him trying to come into the bathroom and say, I'm sorry, and I love you, and everything like that. And so I was like, mama, I got to go. 
so I hurry up and I got off the phone and I hid the phone under um, the cabinet in the bathroom and he came in and he was like I want to talk to you um, I love you and you know I love you and I don't want us to fight no more and I don't know why we keep fighting and he was like we're gonna make it we're gonna be all right and I'm sorry and I'm never gonna put my hands on you again and just to derail the situation because I already knew my mom was coming to get me I was like okay I love you too we're gonna make it through this just reassuring him I was there with him through it all and so then I got out the tub I dried off put my clothes on and I went in there and we went to sleep the next day I told him I was like hey I'm going home and he was like why are you going home I was like because um I want to spend Thanksgiving with my family. I'm sorry, not Thanksgiving. I want to spend Easter. It was Easter time. I was like, I want to spend Easter with my family. Everybody's coming to my mama's house. I ain't seen them in a while. They ain't seen me since I've been pregnant. And they won't probably see me for a long time after. So I was like, I just want to go home and spend the week with my mama and my family and just be with them. And so he agreed to it. And he was like, okay. Where I messed up at y'all is I started packing. And so he was like, okay, you're packing. He was like, you're not packing for a week. He was like, you're packing all your stuff. I was like, yeah, I want to pack all my stuff and take it down there. I said, and I want to swap it out for other clothes. I was like, I didn't only had these clothes. I was like, the whole time I've been in Arkansas, even at Job Corps, I was like, I got more clothes and stuff at home. I was like, I want to take these home and change them out for other clothes. And he was like, so why do you got to take everything? Now he's starting to question my motives and as to what am I doing? And I was like, I want to um, take these clothes and swap them out. And he was like, I don't know. I was like, maybe I get down there for a week and I want to stay longer. I was like, I want to make sure I have enough clothes. So now he's like, no, you plan on leaving me. He was like, you're not coming back. I was like, no, I'm coming back. I was like, I'm, I promise I'm coming back just so he wouldn't get mad and get upset. And he was like, no, you're not coming back. He was like, because if you was coming back, you wouldn't be packing all your clothes. I was like, I'm packing all my clothes. I was like, I already told you why. So he gets mad. And he yanks the suitcase out of my hand and he dumps the clothes on the floor. And I was like, come on, please. I don't I don't want to argue. I don't want to fight. At this point, y'all, I'm just tired. I don't want to argue with him no more. I don't want to fight him no more. I don't want to defend myself anymore. I'm just tired. I just want to go home to my mama. And so he's like, you're not going to leave me. I'm not letting you leave me. And so I was like, come on, I just want to go for Thanksgiving. It's not even going to be that long. We ain't even going to be that apart that long. By the time you blink your eyes, it'll be time for me to come back. And he was like, no, you're not coming back. He was like, I'm not crazy. Do you think I'm crazy? Y'all, the look on his face, I have never in my life seen before. It was like this time something in his eyes was just dark. And I was like, no, I promise I'm not going to leave you. I was like, baby, I'm coming back. And he was like, no, you're not coming back. He was like, the only way that you're leaving out of this house is dead and I was like what I had never seen him like this before so he yanks the suitcase out of my hand throws everything everywhere and so I'm just like okay well I'm just leave out the room and just go in there with your mama and let you cool off or whatever y'all I go to the door I turn the knob on the door something just told me to duck I ducked he had picked up this was not a flat screen tv this was one of the big heavy tvs with the booty on the back and he chunked the whole tv 
at my head. If I would not have ducked, it would have hit me. And so I ducked. And it hits the door. And I get out the way. And it falls. So when it falls, now I can't open the door. I can't open the door. And I'm stuck in the room with this man that is trying to kill me. Like, he's trying to kill me because I don't want to leave. I mean, I want to leave. And I don't want to come back. And so, of course, he gets on me. He start hitting me and start hitting me. This time, of course, like his brother has said, y'all can't be doing all this fighting. Y'all got to go. His brother comes and he kicks in the door. And so he's like, no, you're not about to do this no longer to this girl. She's pregnant. And he grabs his brother and he picks him up. So now his brother and him start fighting. He's like, get off me. Get off me. She's trying to leave me. She's trying to leave me. And she's not going nowhere. She's not just going to leave me. And so he picks him. He's able to get his brother out of there. And he throws him outside. So we're thinking that it's like going to die down. No. So I come out of the room and I go into his mama's room. The next thing I heard was a loud kaboom. He kicks the door in off the hinges. Off the hinges. And he's racing and charging at me. And so I'm just like, please don't let him get me. Please don't. And so, of course, his brother steps in, knocks him out. And so I'm like, thank you. And he was like, you need to pack your stuff. And he was like, you need to go to my sister's house. And so I packed as much of my stuff as I could. And I go to his sister's house. His sister comes and gets me. I go over there. He cools off. And he's like, he's, when he wakes up, they're like, what's the problem? What's the issue? What's going on? She's trying to leave me. She's packing her stuff, saying for Easter she's going home. And that she's going to come back. But I know deep down inside she's not coming back. Y'all, the next morning she brings me back over there. And my mama comes and gets me. I come and I'm like so happy to see my mama. I have all my stuff packed. I'm ready to go. And my mama was like, you need to tell this mama thank you for letting you stay here. And I was like, I don't want to tell her thank you for letting me stay here. She was like, tell her thank you for letting you stay here. So I go over there to his mom and I'm like giving her a hug. And I was like, thank you for letting me stay here. She grabs me tight and she was like, you're the devil's B word. And I was like okay and so i let her go and i get ready to leave and he is looking all sad and stuff because of course my daddy is there so he's not gonna act a fool because of course he's hitting on me and beating on me he's not gonna do that to a man and he was like i just want to let you know that i'm sorry for everything that happened and that i love you i couldn't i couldn't i was like mama get me out of here like get me out of here like i don't want to be here anymore there's more parts to that and on the next episodes to come, I will give y'all more of that because it was not the end of me and him. That was not the end of the story. I did move back home with my parents and I did get prenatal care and I did have a healthy baby, Elijah. <laughs> y'all, anybody who listens that knows Elijah, that is his dad. And there's so many more stories about his daddy, but his daddy later down the line got diagnosed as schizophrenic and bipolar but he didn't know that when me and him was together and there's stories of his dad loosening the lug nuts on my car and I'm driving and I wreck there's there's stories of him wishing death on me there's story of him calling the phone over and over and over of my parents house and my daddy threatening him there's so many stories about this man But at the end, he's not a part of Elijah's life. He's not a part of Elijah's life. I don't have to worry about him anymore. He's 
not that he's dead, but I don't have to worry about him. I took the necessary precautions to make sure that he is not a part of Elijah's life. He can't come get him. He can't come close to me and Elijah. But I just want to let you know that this is the beginning of where my abusive relationship started. This was not the first and the last, but this was the first. But they continued. And I just want to say for anybody that's in an abusive relationship, if they hit you once, they will hit you again. Know the signs. You are worthy of so much more than a man putting their hands on you. If there is nobody in your corner telling you to leave, I am in your corner telling you to leave. I stayed in those abusive relationships because I was trying to prove a point to my mom that somebody could love me. I was like, yeah, he punches me in the face. Yeah, he slaps me. Yeah, he does this, but he tells me he loves me. And the fact that you said that nobody will love me because my own mother didn't love me, this is the way that they show their love. So I stayed. And from there on out, I wasn't even with guys that I loved. I was just with men. Every time I got out of a relationship, I got back into another relationship. There was no stage where I actually got to know guys. I was just in relationships to be in relationships so I did not have to be alone. So I started codependent on men's love, however they showed it. If it was a slap in the face, that's how they showed their love. If it was a kick to the stomach, that's how they showed their love. If it was them choking me, that's how they showed their love. So I can go back to my mama and say, hey, somebody can love me. Somebody will love me. This is just the way that they love me. So the words that we speak to one another, that we speak to our children, that we speak to our friends, that we speak to our spouse, they have power. Don't let somebody else be the reason why you're out here going through the motions to show them that A, B, and C can happen. You told me that it can't happen, but hey, it's happening and it doesn't look healthy. Don't be in an unhealthy situation to show people that the impossible can happen. I was in abusive relationships to show my mama that somebody can love me. I don't know who your person is that you're trying to show, hey, this can happen. So you're standing the impossible and standing unhealthy things. But I'm here to speak to you and let you know if I got out, you can get out too. My validator was my mother. It wasn't God at that moment. It was my mother. If I would have let God be my validator and let me know, hey, you are beautiful. Hey, you are loved. Hey, you are chosen because I chose you. I love you. I call you beautiful. I call you my own. Then I wouldn't have been in half of the relationships that I was in. But because my mama told me those words and spoke them over my life, that's why I was in those abusive relationships. And like I said, I love my mama to death. But she was supposed to speak life over me, not negativity. And in that moment, she spoke negativity over me instead of speaking life. So it dictated the next few moments of my being, of me being. I had never seen my daddy put his hands on my mama. But then again, I had never seen them like a perfect. I can't even say perfect because none of us are perfect. But I had never seen a 
display of love i just saw them coexisting in each other's world i never saw them argue go on dates i never saw him like cherish her buy her flowers i i never i never saw any of that so i didn't have an example of love i just get you a, a person like your daddy get you somebody like your daddy all my daddy did was go to work go to work come home go to work come home be in his garden be at home i mean i didn't see like affection i didn't see what love looked like i just had to figure it out on my own so i'm here to tell you that let god determine your way and your path remember that god calls you chosen remember that god loves you when nobody else loves you remember that god calls you beautiful when the world calls you ugly remember that god is your validator you don't need man or woman or best friend or baby daddy to be your validator you don't need mama to be your validator because god already did it you don't need daddy to be your validator because god already did it put no one above god at the end of the day if we put god at the forefront of our life the man can't tear us down man in the in the natural like man can't tear us down if i would have heard the voice of God and remembered the things that he told me like heard the voice of God in those moments like you're chosen you're beautiful if I would have heard that in that moment I wouldn't have been in that abusive relationship I wouldn't have allowed that man to choke me until I couldn't breathe and then turn around and buy me a gift and tell me he loved me and then took him back I would have nipped that in the butt at the beginning the first hit I would have nipped it in the butt no this is not what God has for me God has so much better for me but the fact that my mother told me that nobody was ever going to love me because my own biological mother did not love me that's what I took to heart that's all I heard every time a hit came to my face every time a push to the ground came every time I lost a piece of my self-worth that's all I heard nobody's ever going to love you okay so when he said I loved you he loves me he displays it different, but he loves me. Love comes in all different shapes, forms, and fashions. That's how I looked at it. But at the end of the day, he didn't love me, and I didn't love myself. I didn't love myself. I didn't. Still to this day, I, I battle with loving myself. But I don't have to allow people to validate me and what I can do and who I can be I don't have to accept that codependency on men anymore and accept the bare minimum and just be with man after man after man just so I don't have to be lonely I don't have to hear that negative voice in my ear anymore of who's gonna love me and who's not gonna love me and the things I can and can't do just because I know what God said I am. I know who God said I am. I know where God said I'm going. So for anybody that's out there listening, I just want you to know that you are enough. I wish and pray that you hear that on a daily and that you believe that. Because I'm speaking to my inner child. You are enough. You are enough. You don't need nobody to validate that. God already validated that you are enough. You don't need to hear anybody say that 
you are chosen because God already said that you are chosen. You don't need to hear anybody say that you are beautiful because God already said that you are beautiful. You don't have to take your happiness and put it in anybody else's hands because at the end of the day, if it makes you happy and God allows it, then that is enough. You are enough for that job. You are enough as a mother. You are enough as a spouse. You are enough as a teacher. You are enough as a preacher. You are enough as a friend. You are enough as a human being. Don't let anybody walk in this earth validate your self-worth. You're worthy. And if you are in an abusive relationship, you are worthy of so much more and you deserve so much more. And it's not going to happen in that relationship. God did not ordain for a man or a woman to put their hands on their spouse. He didn't. We all battle things. We all go through things. But that is never okay. And if you are in a relationship where you are in a domestic situation, it is not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. I am a living witness of that. When people say that, they're just not speaking. With every hit, it got worse. It started off as a slap, transformed into a, a, a choke. Then him throwing a TV at me. Then him verbally saying that he was going to kill me. And then him proceeding to try. Me moving back home with my mother. Him following me. Him coming to my job while I was at, at work. Him loosening the lug nuts on my car. My tire flying off, me wrecking my car. It, it just progressed and progressed and progressed. And by the grace of God, I'm still here to tell the story. By the grace of God, I'm still here to tell the story of how I made it out of that situation. How I made it out of that situation. This podcast is just outburst. Of my emotions. You may not believe the stories that I tell. But they're my stories to tell. And they are real. That really happened. And guess what? At the end of the day. I had to find it in my heart to forgive him. You know how hard that is to forgive somebody that's not sorry? He wasn't sorry. I haven't heard sorry come out of his mouth. And if given the chance, he probably would still try to control me and beat me. <laughs> and my child. But the chance was taken away from him. So verbally, I say, I forgive you for the things that you did to me. I relinquish that pain and negativity that I have towards you. The power that you had over my thoughts and over me, that cord is now cut and you no longer have that power or that hold over my mind, body, or soul. I forgive you and I release you out of my spirit. You hold me back no longer. When the time is right, God will send the perfect man for me and he will know how to love me. Like God loved the church. I just want y'all to know that y'all are worthy. Y'all are enough. And y'all are deserving of love. 
before we wrap it up, I would love to pray for each and every one of you. God, thank you for being a lover to the lonely. Thank you for giving me faith and grace to tell my story and to heal and help somebody, God. This is not going to be a perfect podcast. This is not going to be scripted. This is going to be real, raw, and authentic. And I pray that the people who are supposed to receive this, hear this, feel this, heal from this, you send my way, God. This is just the beginning, God. But it's necessary. So many people shut themselves down and shut their feelings in and they just need some hope and somebody that's walking through the same thing or have walked through the same thing to voice it and let them know that they have been through it and that they are not alone. So I am that vessel, God, to say that you are not alone. I have walked through many things, but by the grace of God, I do not look like the things that I've been through. Lord Jesus, thank you for each and every person that is listening. Thank you, God, for me being a vessel. I pray that through hearing my stories and my situations and how I got over them, God, I pray that it helps somebody, God. With every episode, I pray that I get stronger and stronger and more confident, God, for anybody who is mentioned in this story, Lord Jesus, I forgive them and I let them go out of my spirit, God. Just because I forgive them doesn't mean I have to befriend them again. So God, every episode when I forgive them, Lord Jesus, I let them go out of my spirit, God. Cover me, Lord Jesus. Cover my children, Lord Jesus. Keep them protected, Lord Jesus. I break this generational curse, Lord Jesus. I bind every cord, Lord Jesus, of negativity, Lord Jesus. For anybody who's listening, God, who's been abused, Lord Jesus, I I, I cut the cord of abuse. For anybody who's having codependency issues, I cut the cord of codependency issues. Anybody who's seeking validation other than from you, God, I cut the cord of validation seekers, Lord Jesus. You are the only one that our source of validation should come from. You are our provider, God. You are our best friend, God. You know what's best for us, Lord Jesus. You have already called us and chose us, Lord Jesus, and called us beautiful, Lord Jesus. We are worthy and we are enough, God, because you said that we are, Lord Jesus. And I say thank you right now, Lord Jesus. Thank you for being God all by yourself, Lord Jesus. Thank you for being the Alpha and the Omega, Lord Jesus. The beginning and the end, Lord Jesus. The Father to the fatherless, Lord Jesus. The friend to the friendless, Lord Jesus. The lover to the spouseless, Lord Jesus. Protect us right now, Lord Jesus. I pray that whoever received this podcast, Lord Jesus, is exactly what they needed in the moment, Lord Jesus. Lead and guide us, Lord Jesus. I pray over the week ahead, Lord Jesus, that everybody's week is great, Lord Jesus. Everybody's week starts with you, Lord Jesus, and that everybody takes you into their workplace, the grocery store, Lord Jesus. Wherever they're going, they take you with them, Lord Jesus. Let you lead, and we shall follow, Lord Jesus. In your mighty name I pray. Amen. With every podcast, guys, I feel 
a sense of peace. And that's what I wanted for this podcast. For me to be able to tell this situations and at the end of them feel peaceful about it. And I do. And I pray that if you're going through this, that you listen to this and you get a sense of how to get out of it. I didn't really go into any many details, but we have plenty of episodes for that. I have more stories concerning validation, codependency, being enough. So this is just the beginning. And hey, if you haven't heard it, this week, today, this year, I see you. I'm so proud of you. And I love you. This is Vanessa (laughs) saying that to you. Receive it. Believe it. Hear it. I see you. I'm so proud of you. And I love you. I am Delisa. (laughs) And this is. I'm ready to tell my story podcast. Y'all have a great week. Y'all be blessed. I love y'all. And until next time.